Keenan said that we are going to finish out this year with prayer. Uh, what a wonderful thing it was to have a day of prayer. And just if each one of us day now for the, uh, in the slot that we had on behalf of this church, how powerful would that be? How powerful. That's my encouragement, that whatever time slot you had yesterday, that if, if, if possible, continue day after day in that time slot to pray on behalf of this church, on behalf of the ministry and Pastor Keenan. Um, so we're finishing out in prayer. And, and Pastor Keenan gave me a heads up Monday. He said, Vicki, you're going to be up, and I need you to be thinking about prayer. And so I started to think about two things came to mind, intimacy and the spirit. And it kept leaning towards intimacy, and I kept saying, this is a mature community. How am I going to talk about intimacy as if I already have an intimate relationship with you? And I kept trying to move the message. I'm be honest. It's like, um, look, I don't. The last thing I want to hear is Pastor Keenan be like, Vicky. <laughs> and I kept thinking, I, I, I gotta. This message has to be tailored to the people that I'm, that you're speaking to. And finally, I just had to give up the struggle. And accept that that's the message for today. The message today is about intimacy in prayer. And I think for me, prayer, there are like, it's, I think it's four words, we'll count them, um, that speaks to what prayer is to me. And it comes from the Psalms. It's not even the full sentence. It's deep calls to deep. That, for me, really speaks about prayer I think of prayer, that's what I think of. I think the longing heart, the deepest desire of the Father calling to us. And I think of the deepest longing within us crying out, Abba, Father, this is prayer for me. It is the deepest longing of my heart that I can't take credit for. Everything that is good that we do, every desire that is good that we have is God. But so often, I think we, we fail to recognize and to acknowledge all that the Spirit is doing in our lives. I had to repent. I know that I so often miss that it's the spirit that is moving. It's the spirit that is speaking. It's the spirit that is enabling. It's the spirit that is giving desire. So I want to start with a scripture that's not up here. I didn't give it to them. I'm taking an image from Ezekiel. It's Ezekiel 47. And I'm going to use that this morning. I'm... I'm just going to use the imagery. So I need you not only to hear, but I need you to see. I want you to see this morning. 
Ezekiel has this vision, and it's a man that is there. And the man uh, brings him out uh, of the temple, and they go to the entrance of the, t- of the temple. And he says, I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple. He sees this water coming out of the temple. And the man took him around, and he could see it trickling out, this water just trickling out. And the man had a measuring line in his hand, and he measured out a thousand cubics. And Ezekiel walks with him, and the water is up to his ankle. And the man continues to walk, and he measures out another thousand cubics. And now the water is up to the prophet's knees. And then he measures out another thousand. And Ezekiel continues to move with him, and now the water is up to his waist. And the man measures out another thousand cubics, and now... The water has turned into a river that is too deep for the prophet to stand in, and he has to swim. This is what I hear the Spirit saying this morning. Regardless of how deep you think you are, it goes so much deeper. If you're at your ankles in this water, the encouragement is come on a little deeper. Come up to your knees. If you're thinking, I'm already up to my knees, well, here's what the Spirit is saying. Come on, press a little harder. Up there into your waist. And if you're at your waist, the Father is saying, I am yearning for you to plunge in. Come on. Come on into the depth. I know it's so bad. Fear not. Fear not. Scripture says that he swam. I don't want you to swim. I don't know how strong of a swimmer you are. Don't swim in the river. And the river, I'm going to say today, for this uh, imaging is the Holy Spirit. Don't swim. Float. Roll over on your back. And be assured that the, just as the water holds you, the Spirit will hold you. He will keep you uplifted. I want you to know that just as the river has a current that moves and flows and takes things, objects that are in it, where it would have it go, so does the Spirit. That on the current of the Spirit, He will move you and guide you and lead you in directions that will help you accomplish the Father's will for your life, and without the Spirit, you cannot do it. You see, we're getting ready to move to another level. We're getting ready to move as a community. We are going to press forward. And if we're going to do it, we're going to need a much more intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. Here's the thing, if you're floating in the river on your back, you may begin to see uh, a piece of land that juts out. Maybe a tree is overhanging with its branches. Maybe there's some rocks. Maybe the current is starting to really pick up, and you're tempted to just stroke a little bit just to 
change the course just a little bit so that you don't get into what looks like something difficult or painful. Don't do it. Don't do, fight the urge. Don't do it. Trust the Spirit. Trust the Spirit. Uh, for what? To remove it? Maybe not. <laughs> Probably not. But he will empower you. He will enable you. He will strengthen you. He will encourage you. He will give you everything you need. Oh, we need to go so much deeper. Amen. To connect with the Holy Spirit on such a deep level. I think that's what is the word from the Spirit this morning for this community and for each one of us individually. I need you to go deeper, but in order to do it, you're going to have to be more tapped into my Spirit and not hinder it, not quench it, but allow it uh, to do what it needs to do. Because if we don't, here's the thing, we're never going to fulfill the will of the Father as fully as we could otherwise. It is done through the power of the Holy Spirit. And to the extent that we yield ourselves to the Spirit, we'll really begin to determine just how much we can do for the kingdom. You can't even see the kingdom without the Holy Spirit. Amen. So the first scripture I want to look at is Acts uh, 4. We're starting at uh, 29, but I'm going to set it up a little bit for you. Um, this is right after uh, Peter and John. They've gone out to the temple, and there's the man that was born birth, and every day they put him by uh, the temple. Do you remember? And he, and he says, silver and gold, I have none, but what I do have, right? He reaches down in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Okay, so that's just happened. Now there's an issue, right? Because now everybody's excited, everybody's praising God, everybody's talking, there's all this buzz, and now uh, the high ark aren't so happy. What's going on? And they uh, put Peter and John into jail. And so they spend the night in jail because it was towards evening. And then in the morning they bring them out and they start to question them. And, uh, and then they tell them, okay, under threat, do not speak anymore in Jesus' name. Do not talk about what he's done and what he's accomplished. Don't be healing in his name. Don't mention him under threat. Now I want you to look at uh, They get released. It's, you have to read the fuller part. You can do that on your own. It's an awesome, awesome uh, story. Go back and, uh, and see in the full. But right So they, get, they go, they gather with the other uh, disciples, and they tell them what has transpired, what has been said to them, and here is prayer. Part of it. You're going to have to read it. Now, Lord, 
Consider their threats and enable your servant to speak your word with great boldness. He didn't say, could you do something about them? Can you take the threat away? Could you make me invisible so they don't see me while I'm at work? <laughs> Listen, I have prayed some wacky prayers in my day. <laughs> don't think I have. <laughs> no. I mean, I would have been praying about the problem. The problem is the threat. No, the problem is, is they need the boldness to keep doing what they've been asked to do. That's the problem, is the boldness. I need boldness. They didn't say anything about taking the threat away. Amen. Nothing. Maybe it was this. Sorry, i got to get to my notes. Maybe this reason. Because Jesus said this to them. In John 16, 2 and 3, you don't have it, don't worry. Uh, they will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, in the time is coming when everyone who kills you will think they are offering service to God. They will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. He had already prepared them. He already told them, this is part of it. This is the walk. This is the journey. And I believe the Holy Spirit reminded them. Why would I pray away something that I've been told to expect? I expect that this is part of being a disciple and proclaiming the word. I love it. Next. Stretch out your hand to heal and to perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. There was nothing that said, could you just tone it down a little bit? Maybe we can kind of go under the radar if you just would tone it down a little bit. Maybe if you're not so flashy or showy, you know, maybe we could do it in the corner. Maybe we could do it, you know, uh, somewhere quiet, somewhere away. No. I love it. Oh, give us boldness. Next. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. This was after Pentecost. Wait a minute, I thought they were already filled. The anointing, right? I will give you what you need. Scripture says the Holy Spirit came that he might help. He's the helper. He's the helper. So my first little thing that I want you to remember is don't shrink away. Don't try and make smaller out of fear. Tap into the spirit. 
pray for the boldness that you need to be the witness at work, to speak the words you need to speak to family, to proclaim the good news, the gospel, to proclaim Jesus. Next, I want to go to... Uh, let's go to Acts uh, 9. Okay, I'm going to set it up. Um, if you're familiar with Acts 9, you know that this, at the beginning of Acts 9, this is um, Saul uh, has that Damascus experience with Jesus. Jesus uh, reveals himself there. And we, we know that um, uh, Saul had letters to go into uh, in prison and, and just to bring persecution uh, to anyone who was following the way, right? The way. And, um, and so he's on his way to Damascus where he's going to go and, and be about that work that he thinks he's doing on God's behalf, mind you. And uh, and, he, and after that vision, we know that uh, he is left blind and that the people have to lead him to Damascus and he will remain three days uh, without being able to see, with no sight, no food, no water. He is in prayer. I, I, I bet you he is. Hmm. Boy, I bet you, it, it, you know, if you ever had a, uh, have a real move of God, it takes a little bit of time for us to assimilate and process. Man, you're kind of left speechless, like, ah. Oh. And it takes a little bit of time. It takes a little bit of time. So I'm sure those three days were something. Um, so Acts 9.10 in Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. I'm struck by the fact that it doesn't say that Ananias was praying. I don't know what Ananias was doing, but I would almost bet my life he wasn't praying because actually they're very quick to tell you he was praying. He was busy about doing what he needed to do, and the Lord interrupts him. Amen. I need you. And this is a good disciple. Yes? That openness, that I'm ready, Amen. right? So he just acknowledges uh, um, the voice of God speaking. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for the man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. Next. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports, not a few, I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. Listen, this man has a reputation and it is well known. 
the whoop. And he has come here. Whoop. That's okay. Help a girl out. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. Now you want me to go and lay my hands on him and I'm going to use your name, but I just need you to know that he, he's got a reputation and he takes it really seriously. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man, the one you're talking about, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I'll show him how much he must suffer for my name. Okay, thank you. If we went to the next one, it would say that he got up and he went. It is in prayer that we get the guiding and the leading of where we need to be when God needs us to be there. It is there in this intimate relationship. He's not hiding anything. He's, uh, he's open, he's vulnerable, he's transparent, he's acknowledging, um, I'm a little hesitant, I'm a little, um, I hate to say resistant, uh, I'm, I'm a little concerned. I, I just got to make sure we're talking about the same guy. Because, you know, I, I'm thinking, Okay, this is Vicky, and we, I'm a little whacked up sometimes. I'm thinking he's blind. Perfect! The amount of harm he can do, limited. This is good. Leave him be. Right? Come on. That's what I'm thinking. And I'm, I'm, it wasn't even me being asked. But I know me. I know me. And without the Holy Spirit, oh, Lord, I'm not going to get there. I'm not going to get there. I know my nature. You know, my greatest longing and desire is my greatest fear. Well, how am I going to combat that? Amen. I'm going to rely on the Spirit. Gina, where are we going? Oh, can, okay, can you, can you help me there? Thank you. Uh, this is Paul in prayer, or this is Paul talking about uh, an experience he had in prayer. See, Paul was a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment him. His words, it's what he says. And he says this, he says, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. I went to prayer and I said, Lord, I'm your servant. And if you could just take this away from 
I could do so much more and it would be so much easier. <laughs> Nothing. So he goes back a second time. Lord, could you take me? Can you remove it? Nothing. Goes back a third time in prayer. And I think the Lord probably said, I'm going to have to help him out. So he says this to him. My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. My grace is sufficient for what I'm calling you to, for what I'm going to ask of you. My grace is sufficient. It's enough. And I need you to understand this, that it's in your weakness. It's in that place. And I don't know about you, I hate being weak. Oh, man, nothing makes me matter. It frustrates me. I can't do something physical, physically. First I pray, Lord, help me. Nothing. I get bent. I really do. Because I think I should be able to. Come on, I should be able to open this jar. I mean, all I have to do is ask for help, right? Why should I have to ask for help to open a jar? <laughs> that, you know, nobody likes weakness. But God says, I'm leaving it. I'm leaving it. Because my grace is sufficient for you, and I need you to understand that my power is made perfect in that spot that you want to deny and that you want gone. I'm leaving it. You see that therefore? I'm thinking, man, that therefore is everything. Because now it's turned what he received in prayer. My grace is sufficient for you. Uh, that for my power is made perfect in weakness, it has changed this into revelation for him. Amen. Now it wasn't just a, a, a word, it's turned into revelation. What makes me say that? Because now Paul lives by this. He says, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. Next. I'll be getting there. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardship, in persecution, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. It's no longer just a word he received in prayer. Uh, to get him over a hump, it has become revelation. This is what I live out of, and this is what he teaches others. That's powerful. It's in prayer. It's in intimacy where we are going to get what we need. Um, Listen to how uh, the Spirit is spoken of in uh, Isaiah 11. You don't have it, it's okay. 
he has spoken of this, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. This is the spirit. And if we can just tap into him, Everything we need is provided. Going forward, we're going to need discernment. Comes from the Spirit. Uh, we have to know when to speak and when not to speak. Comes from the Spirit. We need to know what to speak. Comes from the Spirit. We need to know a, a word of encouragement for ourselves while the Spirit brings the Scripture to mind. We need the Spirit enabling and empowering us. We need greater intimacy with the Spirit of God. That's if we really want to accomplish what has been ordained for us to accomplish. That's if we want to go home and hear, well done. I'll end with uh, Romans 8, 26 and 27. It says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. The Spirit was given to help us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts, God, he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Have you ever been in circumstances where the pain was so great that you just couldn't find the words? Have you ever been in a circumstance or situation or somebody else that you love and it has caused so much turmoil that you just can't find the words? The Spirit is there to help you in your weakness. And he makes intercession. And in your heart, it just feels like groaning. In your heart, it feels... Have you ever gone to pray for somebody, and all of a sudden, it's like a tsunami of grief, just... And your heart just sort of seizes. It's just... I think that's the spirit. It, it, because it's just a, a, a tidal wave. Maybe you've been doing something uh, uh, at work or, or, or at home, a chore at home, and all of a sudden you're just seized or caught up, and there's such a sweetness that just explodes inside you. The Holy Spirit. 
even when you don't know what to pray. I am making intercession on your behalf. And the God who sees the heart, he gets it. And it's the perfect prayer because it's always prayed in accordance with the will of God. I think the word today, the encouragement for today is that wherever you are, God is beckoning, he's calling, he's wooing, he's yearning for and longing for us to go deeper, go deeper individually. And when you go deeper individually, we'll go deeper corporately. And then you'll be able to uh, uh, do, do things on a new level. You will be tapped into God's will and, and accomplishing his work on a new level. And you don't have to worry because the Holy Spirit's there to empower and enable you and to help you accomplish that. And when you're tired and weary, he'll be there. And when you're struggling and you're confused and when you're feeling discouraged or disillusioned, it didn't take off as fast as it would. It's not happening the way I thought it was. This is not what I expected. Turn to him in prayer. We're talking about intimacy. I'm going to tell you really where I'm at because he knows anyway. But what happened in the garden when, when they disobeyed? They hid and they covered themselves. And you know what? Many of us are still covering and hiding ourselves. And we don't have to. Jesus paid the price. He took on our sin. He took on our guilt. He, he, he took it all on it. And we've been justified. We made righteous. We are enough. There's nothing to hide anymore. So just take it before him because he knew it anyways. He knew where Adam was. He asked Adam so Adam would, would begin to think about, yeah, where am I? I'm hiding behind a bush. I used to walk with you and talk. I used to uh, uh, commune with you every day. In the garden, we walked side by side, just holding a conversation. You telling me about you, and I telling you about me, and just what I think, and what I desire, and what I hope, and what will be. This is prayer, right? This is a part of at least. Uh, allowing the God the oh. This is it. It's that uh, for the first time, they were self-conscious, and they were looking just to themselves. And when you have a relationship with other human beings, and God's not a part of it, it's all about me, 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 me. You remember Daffy Duck? He gets in the thing, and he's on the money. Mine, mine, mine. <laughs> I'm sorry, you know, cartoons. It, it, it's that, it's that, it's, it's me, it's me, it's all about me. I don't care about you, I don't care about your needs, I don't care about your wants, I don't care about your desires. And sometimes we go to God like that. And he's saying, I'm longing to tell you about what my heart 
I'm longing for you to feel my heart, how I am weeping for those who are still lost. I'm still longing for them, but can you feel it? This is an intimate relationship, right? So we have to be open. We've got to be transparent. And we, it's okay to tell them where you're at. I'm struggling right now. He says, okay, that's all right. Why? The Father's the source. Comes through the Son by the Holy Spirit. Amen. We need the Holy Spirit. I'm going to end with a song. Uh, so I just invite you to shut your eyes and uh, allow the Lord to minister to you. Allow the Spirit to speak to you um, and hear what he has to say to you this morning. <laughs>